Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk, Mark and Sarah talk, Mark and Sarah talk about songs, talk about songs. <laughs> oh, that's one of my favorites. Uh, that's a Mr. Andrew Burns opera theme. I am your co-host of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, Sarah D. Bunting. I am here, as always, with Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Hello. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't even start until the fat lady sings. I'm neither of those things, but, uh, I will first say before we get into, <laughs> I just our got that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> before we get into our selection today, uh, which was chosen by Mark and is a song by the scissor sisters. Got it in one. Uh, we have a voicemail from a listener. Listener. Hey there. This is Susan Howard um, from Washington, D.C. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Um, I just wanted to remark upon, well, when you guys recently talked about Hallelujah, um, the Katie Katie Lang cover got me thinking a little bit about Jeff Buckley, as you do, and I came home from work this evening, and my husband was tinkling on the key, tinkling, tinkering, is that the word? on the keyboard and he was um, playing Lover You Should Have Come Over which is an absolutely beautiful song Um, it just filled me with melancholy and memory of listening to that song gosh I don't know more than 20 years ago now 25 years ago even Um, anyway it's a special song Um, the part where he says and the, the, the lyrics it's never over my kingdom for a kiss upon her shoulder it's never over. She's a tear that hangs inside my soul forever. So just prompted me to call and ask, what are some of your favorite melancholy love songs that conjure up certain feelings, time and place, and, and give you that kind of, you know, hit you in the gut? Love you guys. Thank you very much. Bye. Oh, let me just say, these the fact, that Sarah, that you created this voicemail number is so great because... Hearing from the listeners just underscores how great they are. Like, you guys are all so great. The things that you tell tell us online and your messages, your voicemails, like, you're so great. Like, I could not have asked to be doing this podcast with a better group of people, is what I'm saying. (laughs) It it really is something else. Um, We are, unfortunately, going to thank you with some whiplash because going from this topic to the Sister Sisters is a a bit of a leap, but together, (laughs) holding hands, we can make it. Um, I had a few selections for this. I know exactly that, like, steeped in rue feeling that susan is talking about uh shall we just alternate or did you only have one big one i have two okay um then i will start uh the first thing that sprang into my head was that's my desire by miss patsy klein Mm. um that it starts out i don't know like it's not sad exactly but like there is there is kind of a meta sadness to all Patsy Klein, even mm-hmm. when she's like live at the Opry, pepping it up with like a, a you know, just a good old fashioned stomp. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, and then the plane. Um, but that's my desire is this like nostalgia for something that hasn't even happened yet and mm. will probably be recollected after a breakup. 
I mean, I may have seen that biopic with Jessica Lange a few too many times. Maybe I'm projecting, <laughs> but that was my first pick. Mark, what was yours? So it's interesting that you would talk about someone who makes you think of sadness even when the songs are happy, because that's also the reason that I chose a song by Patty Griffin, mm. whose, <laughs> yeah. whose voice is the sound of a heart being ripped apart slowly, no matter yes. what topic she is singing about. Yeah, that she's like, kitten. <laughs> You're like, oh, girl, oh God, they're so beautiful. Don't ruin baskets baby of kittens. All kittens one day become cats and then die. You're like, oh, Patty, come on. But it's so beautiful, the pain. Yeah, she has a song really called Rain that is so simple and spare, uh, spare and devastating. And it, oh, there's, um, there's a line in the second verse. It's hard to know when to give up the fight. These things you want mm. will just never be right. It's never rained like it has tonight before. And her voice, the instrumentation, all of it is just perfect. And there's this soaring quality to the chorus that just always makes me feel like I'm actually in a summer rainstorm for whatever mm. reason. And it's just, it's beautifully sad. And I love it. With the handful of kittens. Exactly um, right. Each one of them mourning the loss of a mother they'll never see again. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> now you ruined it. Um, just kidding. Uh, continuing with the country flavor, which I do not think is a coincidence. I'm going with, I can't make you love me. Oh God. By Bonnie Raitt. Um, there are uh, the first time I heard that song, I think it was during a summer rainstorm. I was inside in my old childhood bedroom with my first true love, and that shit was never going to work out, no how. And sure enough, it didn't. And I just bought that CD like that day, and it was in my boom box because I am from the past. And it came on, and just like from those opening chords on the piano i was just like you know it, it was one of those you're in the person's arms and you still feel lonely moments oh, and yes. i just start like tears going down into my ears and he's like what's wrong and i'm like you know th this world of two is a disaster and i'm gonna pack a bag and leave <laughs> like yeah it's still a great song though oh, and totally. she really like what a what a narrator for it because she doesn't over sing it and every like syllable and beat feels absolutely true and absolutely rending and then that part at the end when she goes really high mm -hmm. and it's just it's it's as though that's the moment when she can't keep it together anymore but instead of getting loud she just gets high and soft and tragic and, yeah oh my God, so good <laughs> yeah, yeah. so the i have actually 2.5 selections the reason i say okay. that is one of them, one of my true selections is a song that we've already discussed on this podcast, which is The Luckiest by Ben Folds. Oh, God. No, <laughs> need, to, no need to talk about that again, because nope. we, cried, we cried it out <laughs> weeks ago on that. But uh, that's, that's in my heart a choice. But then the other choice that I have uh, is a song called Stealing Time by Miranda Lambert. And it is from country her, again. I mean, country music is where you have to go for this kind of thing. Yeah. Though. It's a song by Miranda Lambert called stealing time. And it's about basically deciding to be with someone, even though, you know, it's moving too fast and it's probably going to end up destroying you both. And it's such a plaintive song. And she, at one point she says, 
if it has to end in tears, I hope it's in 50 years. And I, there's just something about that that's like the whole song is she's saying like love is we can't always help it. Like we sometimes love happens out of spite. So let's just go for it. And if it has to kill us, I hope it's in 50 years. Yeah. Well, what's the expression? Like every relationship ends, even if yeah. it's with one of your deaths. Uh, if we were vampires, Jason Isbell. Oh, my God. Of. Yeah, that was sort of like my 3.5. Um, I also had like basically the entire Stevens Ovra when it came to call me by your name. But we've also talked about that Yes, on another podcast because we've seriously done like 3000 episodes and we've talked about almost everything. Just kidding. We've barely made a dent. Oh my God. Um, I know there are still so many artists when I'm like, God, we really haven't ever talked about X. Have we? I know that I'm like in our spreadsheet, like why? Um, but my actual third selection was uh, the old house by the Smiths. Oh, Yes. But I never will. I never will. I never will. There's just something so... I I mean, it's like absolutely classic Morrissey, like self-loathing regret. Um, But it shares a lot of things lyrically with the luckiest, actually. Mm. Like talking about people riding by on bikes and what if we crossed paths or not crossed paths. And it's like, what is it about... People looking at houses and like someone goes by like ching ching on their bike and they're like, (laughs) and then it's like sliding doors in the minds of these singer songwriters. It's very funny, but there's something about that song that is like this unrequited love letter to a past that never even happened. And what's that on the front of the bike? A basket full of kittens. Yeah. Rained on. Rained on kittens. Well, Susan, thank you so much for this excellent question and for leaving us a voicemail. And Sarah, do you have immediate access to our number in case someone else would like to call us and leave us a voicemail? Um, always. I, I would also like to add <laughs> that the voicemail after this, there was no <laughs> there was no sound. It came from like an eight six six number, so I'm sure it was a uh, whatever, like a robocall call. or something. Yeah, but the. Gmail has a, or Google Voice has a transcription service that it provides, which is not, it's like a B minus. It can lead to some hilarity. It did not know who, what Jeff Buckley was in Susan's voicemail. That's for sure. No. (laughs) It said it was just ugly. (laughs) That's right. I've been thinking about just ugly. It said in the transcript, I was like, what? I was like, what? Have (laughs) you? Cool. This this voicemail was blank, but then the transcription said, and it was 30 seconds long, no sound at all. The transcription read, no, no. <laughs> it's the second no that really yeah. sent it over the edge. No, period. No, period. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Google Voice might actually see us pretty well. Yeah. Anyway, find out for yourselves. 689, 689, Jesus, 646. Three eight nine zero pop. And now it's time to transition to a much less melancholy topic. Uh, when this episode drops, it's actually going to be dropping on Thursday, June twenty seventh, which is the yes. fi- which is the fiftieth anniversary of the first day of the Stonewall Uprising. 
that obviously created the gay rights movement in this country as we know it. And that is a huge deal. And if you live in New York, as Sarah and I do, uh, you cannot take two steps without seeing some sort of tribute to the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. World Pride is happening in New York this year. Uh, Also, they just repainted the crosswalk outside the Stonewall Inn. Yes. Rainbow. Love that. I was just down there last week. It was incredible. And uh, it's it's an amazing time. And I am celebrating myself with my husband, Andrew, by going to Carnegie Hall to hear a group of gay men's choruses from all over the country come together to sing some music, some of which is testimony from people who were at Stonewall set to music. Wow. Which I cannot wait to hear. That sounds brilliant. But we were also thinking, uh, wouldn't it be nice if we talked about a song by an openly queer artist uh, as part of this, just our light little tribute. And it was time for me to make a selection in the rotation. So I chose I Don't Feel Like Dancing by the Scissor Sisters, a song that is just gay in so many ways, not least because Elton John co-wrote and plays piano on the track. Oh Before my God. we take another <laughs> step forward, let's let's listen to the the glossy ass out shine that is I don't feel like dancing. I mean, that sound, which I believe, based on my research, was created by an old Commodore 64, is <laughs> an epi- it, it epitomizes why I love this song so much. Uh, it is, of course, a hot-ass dance song about how the lead singer doesn't feel like dancing, and the layers of delicious uh, danceable irony just carry on from there. This song was a number one single for four weeks in England, uh, but it was never a hit in the United States on the charts. The Scissor Sisters, I think, because they were... This song was around in 05, 06. I think they were actually just too gay for America at the time. This is a pre-Drag Race, pre-Lady Gaga era. Mm. I I just think it was like, we weren't ready for them. But I I feel like that we're ready now. And uh, one of the reasons I love this song so much, other than the fact that it's just really fun is how knowingly and joyfully it just rips off everything. It sounds Mm. like an Elton John song. It sounds like a Bee Gees song, especially because of Jake Shear's performance. Mm -hmm. It sounds like an 80s club track with that little Mm -hmm. doo-doo sound. Um, And the thing is, the Scissor Sisters is such a knowing band that, of course, they know what they're up to. And uh, they just, they're strutting and performing, and they're basically completely 
ersatz, but in a way that makes me love them because they are absolutely aware of and in control of their performance. I agree. This, I, like my notes when I started the song to review it for the podcast were like, I don't think I know this song. And then the song started and I was like, I totally know this song, but I literally thought it was like original 1978 product. Yeah, of course. Because it sounds like, per my notes, quote, ABBA and the Bee Gees had a 48-hour writhing orgy and this is their child, end quote. <laughs> um, and that purple suit is amazing in the video. Good for yes. Um I think this is also, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but that's what we do here, so I'm just going to go with it. I think it's also a comment on... A couple of things. First of all, the occasional, what I would characterize as ruthless body negativity of mm. the gay scene at times. Mm-hmm. Um, or certain gay scenes at times. What do I know? I'm just, you know, an ally wearing a skort. So don't listen to anything I have to say. But that struck me. And uh, also that it was a comment on the simultaneous shallow slickness and um radical inclusivity of disco itself Mm -hmm. that it could be both of those things that it could just like uh you know this is really a sort of revolutionarily open style of music that stinks of amyl nitrate it can be both those things and Mm -hmm. you don't have to choose so that's really uh, appealing and smart and this is absolutely annoying it's so knowingly referential about everything else orally that i i have to think that those references exist and are not just me i love what you just said i love that you said that this is a song that can be two things at once as ibsen said in his play emperor and galilean pardon me there it is Uh, he said it's it's the concept it's the concept of sign against sign where something can mean itself and its opposite simultaneously Uh and i think you're right i think this song is both celebrating and critiquing the image-based music scene and party scene of disco and of gay clubs going forward and it is both things at once. I mean, there's in the second verse, the, it starts with cities come and cities go just like the old empires when all you do is change your clothes and call that versatile. Uh-huh. And and it's like, it's like he's mocking the person he's singing about by saying, you're so fucking shallow. You think that this is all it takes to be daring or to change. But then at the same time, he's talking about the freedom that this person feels. And so it, it's like... He, the narrator is saying, I see how free you feel, but I am exhausted by the effort and the scene, and I just cannot. Yeah. There's also the fact that this is, I wouldn't say it's like over-intellectualized, but this is a very, um, whatever a synonym is for studied that doesn't have that like pejorative connotation that it's like, sort of ossified, but like... Right, a, this, or airless, yeah. Yeah, like this is a deep knowledge um take on disco and everything that it is and has done but disco as a genre is i think usually reads extremely id or at least it did in the 70s right which was you know a positive um but there's this like um okay (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry, but you brought Ibsen into it, so listen. <laughs> here comes Edith <laughs> Hamilton. Yes, it, it's an it's an Apollonian perspective <laughs> on a Dionysian uh, work. Yes, Sarah. I live to talk about Ap- Apollo and Dionysus in this context at all times. <laughs> You're exactly right, though. That's exactly what it is. And Mythaturgically speaking. Well, the very first line of the song, which we hear in this cl- in the clip that we played, wake up in the morning with a head like, what you done? This mm-hmm. used to be the life, but I don't need another one. Meaning, I, w- I went to bed Dionysus and woke up Apollo, and holy shit, I cannot have another Bacchanal I cannot go into a frenzy and kill all the men. Whatever the fuck happened in my play, I must stop. And (laughs) it's like staring at the train and seeing that the people who are hurtling on the track are still having a party, but you've got to step off now. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good shit. I think it only adds to the sense of been there, understand that, that Elton John is such a huge part of the song. Absolutely. Because Elton John was always, and Elton John was also having to like code switch within performances. Like, I don't know what America thought he thought he was doing, (laughs) but it was like, this is someone that squares like my parents were like, oh boy, he's a pistol. Yeah. Yeah. But like he's wearing like he's wearing a duck outfit from the waist down and from the waist up he has on star sparkle star pasties and a captain's hat. Yes. <laughs> Is this someone who likes to french ladies? No it isn't. No. Is this something that my parents were going to confront? Not that they would have cared seriously, but like w- what he what he was doing and being was like all things at once and you were able to just take what you liked because the music was rad also yeah. it's amazing how much he smuggled in to the culture in the 70s mm, yeah. that everyone was like great someone save someone save someone save my life tonight which is a great song oh my but god it's also it is. about a gay man married to a woman who tries to kill himself only to have his uh wife and his best friend with whom he is in love rescue him from the pit of darkness yeah so you know hey <laughs> bag uh, of tails. I, <laughs> I do want to just add uh i think for speaking of things that get smuggled in if you don't know what the term scissor sisters means uh <laughs> look it up and that's just another thing that the this band has smuggled into the culture yeah also are you sure you're a masked ass listener if you don't know what that <laughs> yeah, <means>? that's true <laughs> i also want to give um proper homage to a later song by scissor sisters called let's have a kiki which i think really <laughs> helped this the term kiki make it into the broader consciousness it's really not much of a song it's basically just Jake Shears and Anna Matronic, the woman in the group, going, let's have a kiki, let's have a kiki. And then they just talk about what a kiki is. And then they go, let's have a kiki. And yet, it's all I need. Mm. Sometimes that's enough. Yeah. Look, the waitresses sort of made a whole career out of that kind of thing. It's true. It's like, here's I this know fucking horrible Thanksgiving. Like. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, everyone, we are proud to be prideful with you. Please do enjoy dancing if you feel like it and if you don't just keep listening to us because we can't dance what i don't know 
I did I did want you to let listeners know about the Stonewall and gay history book that you reviewed for m- another project of mine. Oh, the yes. So I reviewed a really spectacular book called Indecent Advances, which chronicles the history of crimes perpetrated against gay men in America from the end of World War One through the end of the 60s, just before Stonewall. And what the author did that I found to be so astonishing is he collated, really for the first time, all of these news reports of this gay crime. And no one had ever taken the time to pull them all together and look at them as a collective before, and part of that collection before. And part of that is because the language in these news reports was always so coy and coded that if you didn't understand what you were reading, you might actually miss that there was a genocide happening in this country because gay men were being murdered, but it was considered basically a reasonable, it was a reasonable murder because any true straight man would murder a fairy. Anyway, the cumulative impact of the book is incredible. And I hope that you will uh, read my review on The Blotter, and I hope that you will read the book, because it really, I'm not even kidding, it reorganized my spirit in a way. It was a book that I had a hard time shaking, as Sarah can attest. I had such an emotional response to it that I had a hard time writing about it at first, but I take that as a sign of the book's power, and uh, it forced me to re-examine my understanding of what it was like for gay men before the gay rights movement. And it really also strangely made me much more understanding of my parents' own fear about my sexuality because they were raised in the era when all of the shit he's talking about was happening. And it just made me feel incredibly grateful that I am alive in the time in which I am alive. Well, I'm just grateful that you're alive, period, and that you're my pod husband. And um, I am grateful that you wrote this book review, and you can find that at the-blotter.com. That will have dropped as you are listening to this podcast. Y'all, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, a.k.a. me, and Sarah D. Bunting. And it's edited by Sarah D. Bunting as well. Do you want to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of this podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus, where you can get access to all kinds of cool bonus content and vote in our ranking episodes. Thanks for listening. Sarah talk, Mark and Sarah talk, Mark and Sarah talk about songs, talk about songs.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.